Hello and welcome to the Everyday Adventure Podcast. My name is Nikki Bass and I will be bringing you thoughts and ideas and hopefully some inspiration on how to build more adventure into your everyday life. I am really delighted today to welcome Rachel Forbes to the program. Um, so when I first had the idea of setting up this podcast, like Rachel was one of the people right at the top of the list of who I wanted to speak to. And this is for a number of reasons. We first met probably just over 15 years ago. I'm going to say it's 15 years ago um, when we were competing for army snowboarding together. So I already knew she was pretty adventurous. But then last year she competed in a race across a frozen Mongolian lake like a hundred kilometer race to me that's that's probably next level adventurous which I, f- I found inspiring in itself but then the fact that she did it around a full-time job and being mum to three kids that was amazing and she's since gone on to take up world swimming she's been swimming all through the winter in a marine lake with her mum really amazing just seeing some of the things she's been up to and part of that has been her concept which she posts about quite frequently around finding time and how as a busy working parent you can still find time for the little adventures as as much as the really big ones too. And I guess given that this is a podcast about everyday adventures, that's something that I really wanted to explore with her today. So I guess my first question that's got to be asked, what was it that made you decide that you were going to run 100 kilometers across a frozen lake in Mongolia? Uh, It was slightly an accident. I was in the hamster wheel, like so many others. I went to school, I went to university. I got a full-time job in the army where I met you. I got married, I had kids, I got divorced, I had another child. Um, I carried on working full-time and just life was just rolling on. And I went to a really amazing evening where female adventurers were speaking. And I sat and I thought, I'm surrounded by people who are really my tribe. And I'm absolutely blown away by the different things some of these people have done. And this is what I want to do. And I miss that part of me. So after that, I just went away and and started to think about it. And I joined an online forum called Adventure Queens, which I think you're on as well. Mm. And on there one day, I'm sat on a train, some ungodly hour of the morning, surrounded by papers I was meant to be reading for a a meeting. And I saw this post on Adventure Queens and it said come and join us. We're going to run a hundred miles across a frozen lake in Antis, Mongolia. Direct message me if you want to learn more. So without checking with my boyfriend, long suffering boyfriend or anybody else, I sent off a DM and I thought I will never hear back because probably loads of people will have you know, replied and, and be interested. And a week later, I found myself in a pub talking to Ali Bailey about her experience when she test piloted the race the year before. And I was completely captured. We spoke for about an hour and a half and two things she said to me that really, really got me. The first was one night I was so cold, I thought I was going to die. So I thought, this is good. This, this ticks the adventure box. And she said it had been a life-changing experience. And I thought, well, that's kind of where I am. I, I need to change my life. I want to change. It was bigger than I thought. I started looking at trail half marathons. So it was a, a slight graduation from there. Yeah, I got swept away with it. And suddenly I was on the phone to the race director who was asking me questions like, how many ultra marathons have you done? I haven't done any. Um, I I hadn't run a marathon I hadn't run a half marathon knowingly but I was managing the occasional part run when the boys didn't have a match so yeah I suddenly found myself needing to train and prepare for a race and I signed up in November and the race was in March so it was pretty rapid and flew in the face of advice of all of my ultramarathon friends who thought I was bonkers gosh you know what I love is the fact that the, the thing that inspired you is probably the thing that would put most people off <laughs> I think it's, it's just 
brutal honesty and I thought hey that sounds really cool it's that thing of that commitment of going actually if I really want to do this if I really want to change my life maybe there's something about doing it so wholeheartedly that means I can't step back from that it was just it seemed like an amazing opportunity it was something that it was the inaugural race so it hadn't been done less for the test pilots Mm. the year before and I just thought this is it it sounds exciting it sounds just what I need to kind of get myself back into that groove Um, and it was a massive adventure and it was amazing but it's how that then set up for those smaller adventures and the the being away less time Mm. and the more reality adventures really was what changed me that's really interesting so actually yeah the the experience of the adventure was incredible but that's what then followed was the biggest change so given that you've mentioned some of the challenges around a very short time frame (laughs) never having done an ultra marathon before but you know what was either the biggest challenge when you were taking part in the race or leading up to it what was the thing that you found most difficult about it I think that it was probably in the lead up really I signed up to it by myself and I had set myself the challenge of going alone not not going with somebody else and that was quite difficult but really it was about the preparation and I knew that I had to prepare mentally because normally when you're in a marathon there's hundreds of thousands of people there you're running with other people all the time and I knew I'd be spending huge chunks of time in the middle of nowhere completely alone the physical preparation obviously was quite challenging and at the time I was training right in the middle of winter five o'clock in the morning is a pretty dark and lonely place to be running with a head torch and I normally run off road but obviously I couldn't at that time of day so that was that was quite hard getting out of bed when it was windy and cold but the motivation for that was I was thinking, well, when I'm in bed in my gear with the eight other competitors that I'm sharing a gear with and I'm stiff and it's minus 40 and I've got to get up, am I going to regret not getting out of bed and going for this training run? Clearly the answer was always yes. So I think that was the hardest thing was that the motivation and preparing for something that not many other people have done. So you go online and there's not a huge amount of research about what you can eat and how different foods behave at minus 40 and, and how to hydrate yourself and and all of the things around the sort of admin side were quite challenging wow just to have all of those things to deal with let alone getting up at 5 a.m to go for a run is i mean that's immense and you've talked a bit i think you've alluded to it already you know obviously i, I mean the experience must have been incredible and having seen some of your photos it just looks absolutely breathtaking i'm sure it probably wasn't lots of stopping and looking at the scenery no it really was i mean when you're running along the lake you had one side was the rolling hills and the other side was really craggy mountains and then there it was just nothing there was no birds there was no noise there is just nothing and it's just completely mind-blowing and very spiritual and you hear the ice cracking under your feet it sends out these sort of tiny fishes and it's just I feel so privileged to have had that experience and we were very much with the Mongolians as well they looked after us they were our safety team Uh, they had horse pulled sleds looking after us uh, and they cut the water out of the lake with a chainsaw and melted it for us to drink and we really lived cheek by jowl with them during the race and that was really special as well it wasn't like Mm. we just turned up and were doing a race on their turf we were very much doing it as a team we couldn't have survived without them so it was a really very 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 beautiful place and, and I feel hugely privileged to have been shared that Gosh, well, I've seen the photos. It did look incredible. I just, you know, I wonder that thing about, you know, the minute you say you can hear the ice cracking under your feet. I mean, were there moments when you felt sort of genuinely scared? I think the two times I felt most scared, firstly, were when I got dropped off at the airport and I thought, what am I doing? And I started (laughs) to meet the rest of the crew who were all amazing and the camaraderie was incredible. But they were talking about when they'd done Marathon de Sable, when they'd done an Arctic expedition. And I was thinking, I am in the wrong place here. (laughs) I am 
really bluffing above my scale. The other time was just before the start of the race and we stood on the ice. We'd had a, a sort of run out on the ice the day before and tried out our ice spikes and things. And just that reality of this is it, we're going to start. I mean, the adrenaline was seriously pumping, mm-hmm. but no, out on the ice, I did feel safe. I mean, it was obviously I let out some girly shrieks when the ice cracked underneath for the first few hours. It's probably justifiable. Yeah. But, uh, but it was just mind blowing. It's really difficult to describe. It was mm-hmm. so, so beautiful and it was always changing. Yeah, it was stunning. And you said right at the start that whilst it was an incredible experience that in a way the life-changing bit was partly doing it but was also what then followed and we've touched a little bit on your finding time idea and and how you've sort of taken that forward at what point did things change when did you sort of think that this is really this is a big moment or was it gradual was you know it was really funny I obviously had many hours running along the frozen lake by myself (laughs) and I slightly was waiting for this sort of streak of lightning to hit me and change Mm -hmm. my life I really thought I was going to have this massive epiphany and this clarity about how I was going to live the rest of my life and it never happened And I remember at the end thinking, well, that was a bit disappointing. Not the race. The race was amazing. Mm. But I thought, oh, I didn't have this life-changing moment. My brain didn't have this event that I was expecting it to have. It took a few days and I slowly started to realise that what I'd done was I totally changed my mentality. Whereas before I would have said, oh, well, I can't go to the gym today because uh, my train was running late or I've got an early train or I've got to pick up the boys or there's hockey training. And there was always an I can't because... And I'd really managed to change that to thinking, well, how can I? So can I do kettlebells or yoga on the living room floor while my three-year-old crawls around? I've also got to avoid him with a kettlebell. But apart from that, yes, you can. Can I get up at five o'clock in the morning and go for a run? Well, as long as there's someone else in the house, yes, I can. And I was challenging myself to think, well, if I say I haven't got time, how much time have I spent on my phone today? that I could have actually gone and done those things. And it doesn't have to be a one, two, three hour run. It can literally be 10, 20 minutes of yoga on the living room floor. And it's not the most mindful and peaceful experience when you've got kids running around, but there is all this opportunity. And it was just changing my mindset to believe that I could do it. And and the self-belief as well, that actually it's really important. I learned that doing it made me a nicer person and a better person. And I got that self-belief back And by me being stronger and believing in myself, I think that's a great lesson and a great impact on my children as well. That's so interesting, isn't it? It's that, yeah, the the more that your confidence was built as a result of doing it, that that has a direct impact back on. Because I think one of the biggest barriers that they experience is not that they find it difficult to find the time, but to justify taking that time when there's so many other things that that they feel that they should be doing. And that they become barriers. But like you said, actually, when you, when you do take that time for yourself, that, that feeds back into the family as well. That feeds back into how you're feeling about yourself and actually how you're interacting with others. I think parental guilt is it's a huge thing. And then when you realise that you could run up to a hockey match and then watch it and then run home, or you could, in fact, run laps around it. Because what would otherwise I probably would have been just chatting to some of the other mums and still miss the goal. So it was just trying to work (laughs) out, actually, you can do all these things or the children can cycle while you run. There's always a way around it. But I have to say that a huge part of it for me as well is I I do have a boyfriend and my parents who are massively supportive and help Mm -hmm. out. And I couldn't have done it without them as well. Yeah. And so how important that support is, absolutely. And that if you've got that, then find a way to give yourself permission in a way to go, it's all right that I do this. It's important that I do this. 
Yeah. Um, so I know that you've, well, certainly over the last winter, you've got quite heavily into wild swimming and I've seen so many beautiful photos of you out in marine lakes and looking quite cold afterwards, as we said, yeah. justifiably. But had you swum before? Why did you decide to go down that path? I've always been a swimmer. I swam you know, in the pool competitively mm. as a child, uh, but it was my mum who's about to turn 70 and she grew up down in Whitstable sailing and swimming and whenever we visited my grandparents they would bribe us with ice cream to swim between the groins and on the way up in the car I remember we always made mum do we really have to do this and mum had been talking about swimming through the winter and we'd seen on Facebook various pictures of these ladies swimming in their costumes through the winter and mum was very ill last year and when she came through that she said right we're doing it. She said, but actually, can you come with me and support me? Because she's now a type one diabetic. So she said, can you come with me? You don't have to get in, but I just really need your support. Now, how can I sit on the side and watch my mum do this? So I thought, well, I'm going to have to get in and do it as well. And we started with a lovely coach who, who really helped and a, a group of fabulously mental ladies um, and their cake afterwards. And that was it. I mean, it, it has turned into an obsession. I was utterly addicted to it. The feeling that getting into really cold water gives you is just it's nothing like I'd felt when I'd surfed in the winter before covered head to toe in neoprene mm. uh, the buzz of swimming in a, in a swimsuit in cold water is like nothing else I've ever had and I started off swimming once a week and then it came twice a week and it's literally if anyone texts me or messages me say oh I'm going to the lake can you get there I will move head and high water to get there drag the kids down or do anything because it's just amazing and it's I'm lucky because I've got somewhere I can do it that's not very far from home but yeah I was down there at um at six o'clock this morning because I wanted to be there and it was beautiful and I was home before anyone else woke up so no one even knew I'd gone gosh yeah that thing of actually starting off not necessarily because you decided right that's that's what I'm going to be doing but in support of somebody somebody else oh I didn't want and, and, to do it no. I, I'm petrified. I don't like cold water I don't like water when I can't see what's underneath me I don't mm. like water when I can see what's underneath me quite happy in a pool um and the marine lake is fed by the estuary and it's quite um murky and brown so it was not at all something I wanted to do not in a million years and it's just bizarre because now I completely love it that's incredible. And I think it's sometimes when you get started on something and you don't, like you said, you might not even want to do it or you don't know where it's going to go. And just by the sort of act of getting started that you start to find that you, you're really enjoying something and then it, and it develops from there and that you've taken it forward. I mean, it's, it's the most amazing camaraderie as well. Mm. But when you go down, it's the, an amazing group of really non-judgmental people. It's body positive. It doesn't matter whether you're head to toe neoprene or you're in a swimsuit. It doesn't matter whether you're in there for an hour and a half or four minutes or you just dip doesn't matter if you're in the lake or the sea I and mean, I've been away for work and gone and stayed in a hotel for a few days and I've connected with people locally on Facebook swimming in their local sea or wherever it might be just been met with open arms obviously pre-covid <laughs> and <laughs> yeah, said yeah come and swim with us it's just been completely eye-opening from that side so there's the mental benefit I get this huge buzz but there's also this amazing camaraderie yeah. And that's something I know, certainly, you know, Liz, who I spoke to in the yeah. in one of the previous episodes that she talked about as well, just that sense of community in a way, not necessarily knowing that that's what you're looking for, but then mm. finding it and realizing how important that is or what that brings alongside the activity itself. And I think particularly when you're, you know, when you're doing something that not 
necessarily a lot of other people do I can imagine that's maybe that bond or those relationships form much more quickly and and probably you know have a, a greater depth to them in some ways because you're all sort of experiencing something quite unique so I know that you've got some adventures planned coming up or you certainly did whether or not they've been put on hold at the moment like so many of us but I think you've got something coming up around wild swimming. Do you want to hear a bit yeah, more about I it? I signed up for um, a swim in the Arctic Circle, which I'm really excited about, which has been postponed till next year. Mm. Um, and it's in a river that's between Sweden and Finland. And yeah, so that's, that's really exciting. There's a swim at midday and then another one at midnight. So I can't wait for that next year. Um, I've signed up for the wide swim. I think that's 7K mm. with some friends. And then with Rat Races, the company that I went to Mongolia with, I'm doing a test pilot for them um, in another cold place that I'm not really meant to talk about. But that will be again, that's being postponed again until next year. So some exciting adventures coming up next year. And then in the meantime, yeah, just trying to squeeze in all those kind of little close by adventures. And, uh, and just like you with the podcast, doing, doing things with the kids, you know, taking the kids out for a night camping or camping in the garden, going walking, cycling, just being outdoors and taking time just to breathe deeply and mm. um, so if somebody for example did think that they might want to <laughs> run across a frozen lake or take up wild swimming or I think coming back to that point about finding a way to find more time I mean what's the one piece of advice that you might give them so for me I think it's really important to set a goal it doesn't have to be huge but if it's I'm going to do something once a week or I'm going to swim through winter so set a goal that then gives you something to aim for prepare for it absolutely whether that's physically mentally whatever you need to do and then the most important thing I think is believe in yourself because we're all capable of so much more than we think we don't give ourselves enough credit um, so if you believe in yourself I really think you can achieve it and you don't have to be first you don't have to be the fastest all of those things don't matter it's just something for you that will make you just smile and think yeah I did it that's so wonderful. Thanks so much, Rachel. That Yeah, I could talk for hours about this and there's so much, so many more questions I'd like to ask. Um, if people do want to know more, find out more about your, your race or your, you know, your adventures coming up, where can they find you? Someone's on Instagram and that's Rachel is finding time. That's the easiest place to find me. Brilliant. Well, it's been an absolute Thanks, pleasure talking to you. I hope to catch up very soon. Take care. It's really nice to see you. Thank you. Bye. So I really hoped you enjoyed my conversation with Rachel and were left feeling as absolutely inspired as I was. Um, there were a couple of things that really stood out for me from our conversation. I think the first was around that thing of self-belief, that actually the more that you stick yourself outside of your comfort zone, the more that comes back to you in a way in terms of your increasing confidence and self-belief, and that that's something that keeps, stays with you and that you can take back into different aspects of your life. And the other thing that really struck me was just the sheer joy in her voice when she's talking about wild swimming and getting into the marine lake and, and going for those swims um, and how that just how energized that left her feeling, how much joy it brings to her. And it just makes me think actually how important that is to find something that truly brings you joy that just lights you up when you do it even if you do it imperfectly and I know for me that's often around particularly around surfing but you know, I don't seem to get any better or I might seem to get worse every you know on the occasions that I manage to get in the water um but that every time I come out I've got this huge smile on my face and I just feel this buzz and I'm so glad I did it and it was for me it was it was just listening to Rachel talk about that that 
you know, the energy it gives back to her and how finding time no longer becomes such a challenge because actually you're doing something that that you really love. Um, so I hope that's inspired you to either go and do the thing that you really love, think about the thing you really love or, or seek it out. Um, I would love to know what you thought of the programme. So please feel free to leave me a review or get in touch and let me know your thoughts. Um, if you enjoy the podcast, please do subscribe. We'll be back again next Wednesday with another podcast and look forward to seeing you there. Speak to you soon. Bye.